Man, come on in and have a seat. Relax your feet and beat the endless podcast. You done heard all week. Hey, this is no hoes ball. I'm talking freedom of speech. So check your feelings at the door. As we continue to speak about war, sex, love, and relationships. And even conversations about politics. A little bit of comedy and knowledge, man. With a host to teach you all about empowerment. Now, what we doing? We're chilling in the chat And what we at? We're chilling in the chat this episode of the chat house is brought to you by home vision realty and home vision mortgage welcome 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 back to the chat house once again we have a very 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 special episode for you um this is a pretty cool episode because um many of us are homeowners right but there are some things that you should know as a homeowner. So we're going to give Mr. Coleman a call. That's Gabriel Coleman a call um, and let him talk with us about things we should know as a homeowner and some things you may not know. Let's give him a call. Mr. Coleman, how are you, sir? Doing fine there. Doing fine. And Ken, how are you doing? All right, all right. This is Ken from the chat house, and um, we calling you for some info about buying, owning, and making profit off of home ownership. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a very worthwhile conversation, so I'll be happy to, to discuss that. Okay. Before we get started, give them some background. All right. So uh, my name is Gabriel Coleman. I go by Gabe Coleman. I am a uh, licensed uh, realtor in the state of Florida. Also, just recently uh, uh, acquired my mortgage loan origination license. Um, the company that I work with uh, uh, on both the real estate and on the mortgage side is, uh, is Home Vision. So we have a home vision realty and a home vision mortgage. And so uh, obviously I've had my, uh, I've been with the home vision realty a little bit longer since I just mentioned, I just uh, recently acquired my mortgage loan origination license. Um, so I've been on that side of the fence a little bit longer, but looking to uh, really get going in the, on the mortgage side. So I can, you know, my goal is to kind of absolutely, you know, perform in the same space um, or for the same purpose that you that you called about to talk about home ownership mm-hmm. and my goal is to help educate every everyone uh, to kind of understand the, the process to kind of demystify it uh, and, and help break it down yeah so let's just say um, I'm a homeowner or I'm seeking to be a homeowner what are some things I need to prepare for or have in order uh, to make a, such a bold move? Uh, well, first, you, I guess the first two things would be, you know, certainly having your finances in order, and we can discuss exactly what that means, you know, in terms of having your finances in order and then also having your credit uh, situated. Uh, both of those are important. Uh, first off, with the finances, um, you, you have to put down a, a down payment in most cases, uh, depending on the type of loan program you go with that can vary you know there's some zero percent down um programs 
and or you can you know put down as as much as you want to put down as a down payment even if you do have a zero percent down um type loan program you still have to pay closing costs so it's still important that you have money set aside and then also you want to be able to show that you are financially sound um so you are able to acquire financing uh, so definitely having your finances situated and then your credit score you want to make sure your credit is good your credit worthiness or your credit score is going to determine the type of interest rate that you're able to um and i get asked this question a lot and i think you'll be the appropriate person to answer this what is a good credit score or the ballpark of where you should be uh so a good credit score when you're looking at uh trying to purchase a home mm -hmm. typically it's 620. a credit score is 620. Uh, there's some programs that can go as low as probably a 580. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't you don't want to venture there but again um, if you are in that in that space which is not a problem you know there's ways to help improve your credit but it can just cause your interest rate to be higher than let's say someone with a six uh fifty or seven hundred. Mm -hmm. So basically the credit the creditors are looking at you. Are you trustworthy? Yes. Do you have history of paying back money that you borrowed? Mm -hmm. And they're looking at your credit cards, any mm -hmm. other installment loans, any previous mortgages, uh, things of that such. They're looking at your credit history, uh your debt utilization. Let's say you have a credit card that has a credit limit of ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars are you utilizing do you uh uh have you utilized a thousand dollars of that meaning that your your balance your outstanding balance is a thousand or are you at nine thousand so if you had a ninety percent debt utilization ratio uh that's that can impact your score in a negative way because they're saying, okay, this person is really overextending themselves mm -hmm. uh, may overextend themselves and they use it utilizing a lot of their credit that they have um, versus someone who has a smaller balance. Mm. And see, let's not forget um, car loans, folks, as you said, credit cards, uh, cable bill. Um, a lot of people don't realize if the person you're dealing with or the company you're dealing with reports to the credit, the creditors, this will impact right. you in the end. Because I know a lot of people, they be like, oh, "I'm not going, I'm not going to pay that or whatever." And then when it comes time to buy a home, now you're in the hot seat. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All those things, all those things matter. Uh, paying on time, late payments, no payments, collections. Yeah, those those things all have an impact on your credit. Okay, so let's say we got the house, we're in the house. Um, okay. We done signed the paperwork. We're in the house. A uh, few years. Is that it? Oh no, no, absolutely not. Uh, and and even as I mentioned, you know, you get to the house after you have identified the house that you wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to make sure you're able to pay your closing costs. Um, mm -hmm. And and once you are in the home, and obviously, uh, well, maybe not obviously, the house has uh, other costs associated with it. So you certainly want to prepare for for that. And make sure you include in your budget. You know, costs for repairs, costs for a roof, new AC, hot water heater, uh, landscaping, just all those things that, that come with home ownership that 
if you're renting, you don't have to concern yourself with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a reason. It's not a reason to not buy a home, but it's just something that you want to be prepared for because you want to make sure that your house is a blessing and not a curse. You don't want to be house poor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, pretty much, you know, all vacations are cut out because you have to pay your mortgage. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of even breaking that down a little bit is even before getting the house, and I mentioned, you know, having your finances in order, mm-hmm. uh, is understanding what you can afford in a home mm-hmm. uh, versus what a lender may say you qualify for, so uh, or what you approved for. So their approval. And your and what you can afford may be two different things. And mm-hmm. so a a lender may say you can afford a four hundred thousand dollar home, uh, but the way your budget is set up and things that you have interest in, or maybe things you do on an annual basis, may may not be best suited for you purchasing a home that costs four hundred thousand dollars. You may Correct. need to look at a home that's three hundred thousand dollars. So now you have margin to do the things that you typically do. Um, you know, in your day to day from year to year. Right. You need for like a better terms, um, like a cushion, you know, you need, Definitely. yeah, you, yeah. You need to have some money that you can push to the side for rainy days. Um, so, Absolutely. so let's say we're in a house that we can afford. Um, time goes by repairs are due on the house. Let's say you in the house, Seven, eight years. Bathroom need redoing or kitchen need redoing. How can the house um, allow us to fix itself? Okay, very good question. So traditionally, in most circumstances, your home will appreciate. You know, we have experienced a couple times in history where home values have decreased. Um and and I think those were definitely unique times and situation mm-hmm. situations. For the most part, your home will continue to increase in value and appreciate. Um, definitely over the last couple of years, uh, we've seen uh, home prices and home values uh, really just just increase at a large percentage in a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So um, and again, that's even probably um, you know out of the ordinary, but. You know, again, traditionally, your house would appreciate. So let's just say for someone who owns a home today um, and they purchased eight years ago, uh, they have they, they should have a lot of equity in their home. Equity meaning uh, their home, uh, the value of their home above what they owe on it, right? So if I owe $200,000 left on my home, but its value has appreciated or increased up to 500000 I have $300,000 of equity. Uh, so when you have equity in your home, a a bank will uh, allow you to uh, refinance, or you can go to you know a lending institution and you can refinance. And typically, you can refinance up to around seventy five to eighty percent of the appraised value on your home. Appraisal meaning that you know professional comes out, licensed with the state, and they assess the value of your home. So you can now pull that money out. Um, you know, through a refinance, like a cash out refinance. Uh, so now you are able to pull some of that equity out. Kind of, you know, the money is in your home, but now you're able to pull that out and put it into your bank account. And now you can, like you say, work on your bathroom, work in your kitchen right. and any other areas that you want to enhance. So that's that's one way um, is through a refinance. 
another way is especially with interest rates going up today um, uh, is more so you may want to look at doing a home equity line of credit or a second mortgage uh, because if you refinance your home, you are essentially uh, restructuring your loan at the current market interest rate. So if, again, if you bought your home back when interest rates were around 3%, 4%, and now with the recent uh, you know changes and increase to the interest rate, we're up around 6%, you may not want to uh, refinance your home at a higher interest rate. Right. Or it really depends on everyone's situation. So you have to, you know, get with the get with your loan officer, understand the benefits of of doing, you know, a refinance, or what are the consequences of doing so. Um, but if you do not want to go that route, you also have the home equity line of credit or uh, or a home equity loan, and essentially that's you still putting equity out of your home, but now you instead of you refinancing your home, your your entire home. Uh, you're using that same home equity and say, okay, I have $300,000 worth of equity in my home. I want to be able to pull out $100,000 in equity in a home um, equity line of credit. And you create or you, you you have that type of loan to where now you pull that money out, but it has not affected the mortgage payment that you're paying on your home. You essentially not have this second mortgage so, that you're having to pay, but that's a great tool to utilize. So the original loan is still intact. You just created a an alternative kind of parallel to the original loan. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Okay. All right. So we in the house. We um did the repairs to the home and we got a situation like we had the earlier part of this year where um, the economy is allowing $300,000 homes to become $500,000 homes here in Florida. We already made the renovations. We are looking to cash out on the renovations. What type of mindset should we have at that point or what should we look for at that point? Okay. So there's a, again, the, the beauty of it is with your home is that it's a tool. So mm-hmm. I feel like you have multiple avenues that you can, that you can take um, in using that tool to get you to whatever goals that you have. So um, you can obviously just flat out sell your home, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, you put out a little bit of, of its equity to uh, invest into it, reinvest into the home and maybe increase the value even more. So you can now, uh, if you want to sell that home and, you know, now you reap all of the uh, the equity from that. Uh, another way to go about it is after you've made your renovations, uh, you can, you know, depending on which path you went and, and how much time has gone by, you may be able to also do another refi again. Mm. And now you get your home reappraised and maybe now instead of it being $500,000, you've increased the value up to $625,000. Uh, based on the renovations uh, or the improvements that you made. Um, and so, you know, you have that option. And so before I look at the second option, one one thing to be careful of is to make sure that as a homeowner, you understand the type of neighborhood that you're living in and the <laughs> the value of the homes um, that, that, that are around you. Uh, because if your neighborhood carries a value of, let's say, five hundred to $575,000, type homes, um, you know, those including homes with a pool 
and whatnot. Um, you know, just because you take some money out of your home and you put in gold floors and marble, you know, from Italy, and now uh, <laughs> bling you, bling out your you, home. You bling out your home. You put in, you know, an extra two hundred and fifty thousand dollars into your home, or three hundred thousand dollars into your home. It it may not carry that same value. Uh, it may be hard for the market to support everything that you put into your home. It may be hard for you to sell that home for the amount that you believe that it's worth given the improvements that you made. So just always have to be mindful of that, that you don't, I guess, essentially, um, overspend, uh, overspend based on your neighborhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. You got to understand the, the, the weight of your neighborhood and and how much the homes are going to be worth in that area. I agree. Cause as I told you earlier, I know somebody, someone that did that and he still lives in that home. I got another question for you. So, um, so let's say we're in our home. We love our home. We don't want to get rid of our home, but mm-hmm. but we're paying too much. You know, we hear other people, let's say we're in a situation where the economy, where the economy allow the APR to go down. Are we stuck with that original loan, or do we have options? Uh, no, you, you do have options. And so um, another option is to, is to refinance. Uh, so let's say we're in the scenario where someone buys their home today mm-hmm. at, or locks in a rate today at around 6%. And in eight years in the future, the rates are down um, to where they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And let's say 3%. You have the ability to now refinance. Um, the process is, is the same um, as if you were to pull money out of the home you may choose not to remove any equity from the home. You, your goal is just to get yourself a lower payment. Uh, you can uh, re, you can refinance, essentially restructuring and resetting your mortgage. Uh, depending on the number of years, you can uh, get another 30-year mortgage, which, which starts the clock from that point. You know, or you can look at a a 20-year mortgage, so you don't have to you know uh, go back into or have at least another 30 more years of uh, mortgage payments. But yes, that's definitely a, a great way to reduce your payments um, and to get a, a new interest rate. Um, and also depending on how much money you put down, um, I mentioned down payments, you can have zero down payment depending on the loan product up to you know 20% or even however much you wanna put down. Uh, but if you do have a loan and where you put down less than 20%, you are, more than likely going to have uh, what they call uh, premium mortgage insurance, mm. or if you're in a FHA loan program or loan product, you have mortgage insurance premium. And what that is, is for the uh, the borrower, uh, the bank is saying, okay, if you're putting down less than 20%, we need a little bit of assurance or, or insurance to guard against default. Wow. Default meaning that you're not going to pay your mortgage and uh, you're not going to honor the commitment of this of this loan. Um, and so they look at that as 20 percent being the threshold. Um, so they're going to apply that that additional amount on your mortgage, uh, that uh, mortgage or that PMI uh, premium or private. I'm sorry, private mortgage insurance. Hmm. So once you get to a point where you have, um, I guess, uh your your loan to value ratio is now uh, less than eighty percent, or you know seventy percent, meaning that you may have 
you know, when you your your loan or your home may have been for uh, three hundred thousand, but now the value of it is up to four hundred thousand. And once you do that refinance, and because you have to get it appraised, it's not just me looking at Zillow and say, "Hey, I can't call the bank and say, hey, Zillow says my home, uh, you know, has increased in value. I can, um, I'm, I can drop this PMI now. No, you have to go through the uh, refinancing process and get it reappraised. Uh, but once you do that, that can save a lot of money because that can drop that off of your mortgage payment. Um, and that doesn't go towards your principal or your interest or your taxes. It's just a a, a insurance premium, as it says, uh, that's being tacked onto your mortgage. So, so uh, th that's a great benefit to removing that. So you can actually have it removed from the loan, from the payment? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes, you can. A lot of people uh, don't know that. <laughs> yeah yeah you, you can and, and there's two ways i mean if you're in a conventional loan uh they they being the lender they're required to do uh to to drop it once you get beyond uh when your your loan to uh value uh ratio is at 78 percent or less mm -hmm. uh and i believe you can request that it's done once you get to 78 percent but uh, but if you're in the FHA and you put down a a down payment, uh, I believe of maybe ten percent or less, then you're stuck with that for the entire life of the loan. Mm -hmm. But the life of the loan can, uh, you know, the the loan period can end, or the life of that loan can end with a refinancing. Okay. So that's a way that you can get rid of it. Um, but if you, you would have to put, even if you put more than uh 10% down on an FHA loan, uh, you still are going to be stuck with that payment for 11 years, regardless of the value of your home. Mm -hmm. So it's just going into the loan program with an understanding of a, what is uh mortgage ins uh, insurance premium or private mortgage insurance um, you know, understanding what that is and how long will that stay on your loan and how do you get rid of it? Right. So it's really about awareness. Um, but yes, there's, there's a few different ways to get rid of that. What am I actually this? Um, you mentioned before about zero down versus 10%, 20%. Um, in your fair opinion, um, what, what would be the better choice for a person trying to, um, pay off a home? Do you go with the, because your credit is good, you go with the zero or you do the 10% or you say, hey, I'm going to go all out and go 20% or beyond that? If you're trying no, to pay the house off. Question. Yeah, yeah. So good question. Um, I think it really, it, it depends. And I'll kind of break that down a little bit. It really depends on your financial situation um, and what's, what tools are available to you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, typically for zero percent, uh, those are going to be VA loans. Hmm. Um, so former military or spouses of uh, deceased military, uh, you know, those are that that's the type of product that um, that would allow for a zero percent down payment. Then you also have uh, USDA loans that also allow for zero percent. So if you are able to, if that if you're able to get um, into a home using one of those programs, then then great. Now you don't have to spend that money up front as far as a down payment. Um, and maybe uh, you have the money available to you and you can start increasing 
uh, your monthly payments to go beyond what's uh, what's required by your mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, you may be able to tack on another three or four hundred dollars to accelerate the payment of the mortgage. So you can still work on paying off that home, even though you started off at a zero percent uh, down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one way or at least I guess one perspective on it. Um, uh, if you're not in a USDA or in a uh, VA type program, then your minimum down payment for a conventional loan is going to be 3%. And then for an FHA loan will be 3.5%. So same premise there is that if you have more and you're able to put down more in those two programs, I would recommend you doing so to try to eliminate having the mortgage insurance tacked on. Um, and that will help you pay off the home faster because all of your mortgage payment is going to principal and interest versus principal interest and mortgage insurance. So if you can get beyond that threshold to where you don't have mortgage insurance, that would be ideal. But if you can't, that's still not a reason to not buy a home, um, you know, still purchase the home. Once you have it, you have the ability now, as I mentioned uh, in the previous example, you can add additional um, uh, principal onto your payments to, to work on paying that off quicker. I have another question for you. Um, someone asked me, they said, um, is it true that if you make one extra payment per year, would it knock off years on a loan? Is that a true statement? Yes. Yes, it it is true. Now, uh, the the devil is in the details, you know, how many years does that knock off? But yes, it, it certainly <laughs> does knock off. Uh, it will it will accelerate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what people have to realize is that any any time uh, reduced on your, you know, you paying off your mortgage is money back in your pocket because that's less interest that you're paying to the bank. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if 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 you can only start off making one extra payment a year, that's okay. That's fine. If next year you can do two, and the year after that you can do more, um, it all saves saves you money. So again, if you can pay off mortgages are thirty years traditionally, that's three hundred and sixty months. Um, if you can shorten that to even three hundred and thirty months, that's still money back in your pocket based you know uh, based on the full schedule of the mortgage you're going to pay less interest in that hmm. knowing all the things you know about um home ownership what would you say the biggest misconception of owning the owning a home would be like things people get wrong most of the time uh i think what people kind of get wrong or maybe i think it's what they're focusing what they focus on and maybe it's probably going to start happening now with in, with interest rates going up mm-hmm. is they may uh, kind of fixate too much on the interest rate and say, well, I'm not going to buy a home now because interest rates, you know, went from four to percent to five percent or not even five percent to six percent. Um, if if that person is renting and they have the ability to buy a home, mm-hmm. meaning that their finances are in order. Um, and and their credit scores in order. I would recommend them moving forward, and not be stumped by the interest rate. Um, I, I heard on a podcast last week that if you're if you're renting, you essentially your interest rate is a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's far greater than six percent because you aren't receiving a return on that investment. Yes, you have a place to lay your head and place to live, but 
once you once your lease is 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 up, you walk away. And the landlord, you're paying your landlord's mortgage. So, uh, yeah, that would probably be the biggest thing I would say is don't allow the interest rates to stump you. If you are, if you currently do not own a home and you are able to do so, uh, don't sit and wait and continue to pay rent waiting on the, on the interest rates to come down, especially with rent going up. Right. And um, look, you and- can, you could be, yeah, you can be working towards building equity, um, and something that you own, but do it, make sure it's right size for you. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be glamorous. It can just still be yours, and now it's something that you own. Right, and it goes back to your previous point of once you're in the home, if things change, interest rate go down, you can reapply and bring yes. it down to the current right to, to, the, the, to the current interest rate. Right, right. See, and 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 there's, and that's a beautiful point you made because. I have a coworker in that identical situation. Her and her husband are literally waiting. And I said to her, why are you waiting? And she was saying, so that the house is, you know, so that the market will go down. And I'm like, that may be a long time. <laughs> it may be. Yeah. We don't know. Right. We, we do not know. Um, and one thing that we do know is that where we are today is not, we're not in the same place that we were back in 2008, 2007, 2008 Correct. with the uh, housing market crash. That was driven by predatory lending, uh, banks and lending institutions essentially giving loans to people who did not really qualify for it, did mm-hmm. not have the finances, did not have the credit score. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those loans started uh, getting, you know, being defaulted. People weren't paying their mortgages because they really should not have received the home. Um they maybe they they needed another year to get things right for them. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can't say if the if the you know how the market is going to cool down or how how fast it will cool or prices are going to drop. But we certainly are. We don't. We're not being set up in the same way that we were. Things were set up before. So, the housing market crashing or prices dropping, it may not happen. Yeah, things are going to cool off. But like you say, they could be waiting for a long time. Yep. Um, so it'd probably be better for them to just, you know, to move forward. Um, again, as long as they are at a number that they're comfortable at, they will be, they'll be okay. Yeah, and I tell young folks all the time, if you're able to buy a home. Um, and I remember I got into a conversation with a person. Um, the person was like, well, you know, I'm seeing I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I was like, have you looked at a mobile home? And they were like, uh, no, you know, a mobile home, are you kidding me? I'm like, but you got to look at the land. Just don't look at the actual unit that's sitting on there. Mm-hmm. Because if your finance change and you like the location, you can get rid of the mobile home and build your dream home on that land. Very true. Yeah, and see, so a lot of people don't look Very at true. it that way. But it goes back to your point you made earlier. But you putting your money into something that would be yours, right? Absolutely, it's going to be yours, and it more than likely will appreciate mm-hmm. over time, right? Over time, right? It's like so, uh, it's like investing in a stock market that's a little bit more predictable, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, 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 I I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, stocks can be very tricky. You know, homes again, traditionally they they go up mm-hmm. and. 
Uh, they don't have the volatility and the ups and downs of the stock market. So, yeah, you know, real estate is typically a safe investment, you know, for homeowners and those who want to, you know, uh, just have a investment property. Um, another thing I want to bring up, I know we were talking about like how much time you spend in your home. And I believe I touched on a few different loan programs or, you know, types of loans. You have your conventional loans. You have FHA. I talked a little bit about what you need in the 3.5% minimum down payment mm-hmm. um, and talk about VA and then USDA. Uh, but even, even within all of those, uh, you have what they call, uh, you, you have two types of loan or two different loan types. You have your fixed uh, mortgage, which means you're going to have your same interest rate throughout the life of the loan. Mm-hmm. And then you have what they call arms or adjustable rate mortgages. Now adjust adjustable rate mortgages uh, it's probably, you know, equivalent to a four letter word for people who may have had those back, you know, around in the, um, you know, 2008 timeframe, oh, 2009, yeah, yeah. um, because of course, interest rates were on the rise. Now, would that be the same as balloon, the arms loan? The arms. Yep. They can be, okay. uh, because you clarify. go into the loan. Yeah. You're going into the loan. You may start off paying two, let's say we call it 3%. For the first couple of years, so your payment, you know, it's throw out a round number is a thousand dollars, you know, per month based on the home that you bought. Mm-hmm. Well, once you get out of that uh, fixed period and you go and your and your mortgage rate adjusts, let's say it adjusts up to six percent because that's where rates are. Mm-hmm. Where you know that may increase your mortgage by five hundred, six hundred dollars. Wow. So some people, that's that's a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, they can't absorb that if they're not prepared for it. Right. Uh, so. That, that can create that sticker shock and that could, again, force people out of their homes because they can't keep up with those payments. Uh, so in the wrong hands, that is a, a bad, arms are a bad thing. However, what if you have a family or a person who just wants to buy a home and they know they're going to sell it in five years mm. because they're just getting started, right? They know this is not going to be their forever home. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in a home less than five years. So for them, a, a, a arm that has an adjustable uh, that adjust maybe in seven years may be perfect for them because they're not going to be in that home beyond seven years. They're not going to be in a home beyond five years. So it doesn't make a difference. Um, it doesn't make a difference. So they're going to have that same fixed rate. And before it gets a chance to adjust, they would have sold the home. Mm-hmm. So that may be a tool for them to get into a home at a lower interest rate because they went into an arm that has a lower initial interest rate. And typically that's how arms are set up. The interest rate the first interest rate for that fixed period um, for the three to five or the seven year period is typically lower uh, with the understanding that it may increase based on current market. And, gotcha. and when you, when you get that adjustment period. So that's a tool for somebody who wants to get started in a home um, and they know they are going to be there for, you know, an extended period. And, 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 and that's it. Understanding your loan. You just mentioned several different loan options. Um, it would pay to understand which one works for you. Inform- absolutely. Yeah, information is key. Information is key. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you would like to touch on, Mr. Coleman? Um, you know, we, you know, we out here at the chat house. We love having our people. Um, like I said, uh, one of the one of the biggest investments you're gonna make would be buying a home. And if you prepare for it, you have the knowledge, um, it can make that, you know, purchase worthwhile making. 
Um, but if you don't have the knowledge, well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's why they it make for sales. Yeah, that's why they make for sales signs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Knowledge can be costly, or, or lack of knowledge rather mm-hmm. can be costly. Um, so uh, yeah, I would just say, you know, I just leave everybody with make sure you educate yourself. Um, you know, do do a little research. Um, a lot of things that just at our fingertips. Um, you know, where we can go on the internet and, and search for it. Um, but then also make sure whoever you choose, um, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm a licensed realtor and a licensed uh, mortgage loan originator. Mm-hmm. So I can certainly help answer questions and help guide anyone through the process. But whoever, you know, people choose, they need to choose someone that's willing to help educate, right? We, we have people uh, in those professions that are just very transactional, right? They see them as a contract. They see them as uh you know, just as a name on the application, right. but, you know, get someone that's willing to, to help you understand, help, uh, you know, to answer those questions that they don't try to brush over, you know, the, the details. I always, yeah, that, that's not important. Well, it's not important until it comes back to bite you and you say, well, you, we didn't have this type of discussion, you know, so just make sure I would just recommend that the audience, if you're going down that path, you know, work with someone, talk to someone who's been there, a, a current homeowner or someone who's purchased a home before maybe multiple times or get with a uh with a professional that's going to help you through the process not only to you know uh represent you as an agent or as a loan originator but someone that's willing to educate and help teach oh and one final thing um you reminded me of a situation that happened to me um so i was actually selling a home and I had, you know, worked out the profit or whatever, right? So we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, my profits was was gone or, or, or severely decreased. And the real estate person on their side slid me the, the, uh, the contract to sign to sell the home. And I, mm. and I briefly looked at the, the numbers and saw that they pretty much just added a bunch of junk fees during, you know, for closing, mm. you know, and that's something you may want to run by them as well. If I would not have looked and signed that, I would have lost several thousand dollars that day. But I had already did yeah. the math prior to the closing. They made it right in the end, but imagine if I didn't look. And that happened at closing. Wow. <laughs> I think it was like around three grand they would have got from me in junk fees. Right. Right. <laughs> and the and the other real estate person went there and went across in them out and it was like, Is that your profit? I'm like, Yeah. And I was like, Well what happened? It was like, Oh, well they added junk fees and I'm like, Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely gotta watch out for that because there's a lot of opportunities throughout the process where someone could slip in cost or, or, or line items that really offer no benefit to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course are meant to benefit, you know, the lender or the title company. So, uh, yes, definitely gotta be, be aware, you know, make sure you, you, you review your documents. If you don't review anything, you know, I know some of those documents can be kind of lengthy. Yeah. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of terminology and, and just sentence structures that we not, may not be as familiar with. 
Um, and so that may be a little intimidating, but, you know, still pour through it, make sure that you have a good level of understanding. But if you don't review anything, review your closing statements, your, yes. your closing uh, disclosure, yeah. uh, your, your loan estimates. Uh, so, you know, and, and maybe just where we are now with a lot of the laws and, and the way things are set up and structured, because we had the situation back in 2008. Um, there's a lot more regulation, uh, a lot tighter regulations, um, you know, currently around uh, lending and, and home financing. So, you know, as to where the, the lenders required to give you a loan estimate, you know, after so many days of you completing your application, after three days of, of completing that application, uh, you need to have your closing disclosure, um, you know, before three days, uh, three days before you close on that loan. Mm. So, uh, you know, those documents, you know, should should kind of match up what you got at the beginning of the process oh, to yeah. the end of the process. Oh, yeah. Those things should somewhat align. And if there's any differences, those should be explained and understood. Right. You shouldn't see, you know, brand new uh, line items. And so it was good that you checked because, yeah, they were going to have three three thousand dollars of your <laughs> profit in their pocket. Yeah. yeah, it certainly looked better in yours. Did in theirs. <laughs> did, 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 I, did. I agree. And if you have any doubts, folks. Give Mr. Coleman a call. That's what he. That's what he's here for. Give him a Absolutely. call. Absolutely. Uh, what was that vision? Absolutely. What was the company you're working with now? Are currently working with? I'm now? working with uh, with the Home Vision Mortgage mm -hmm. as well as Home Vision Realty, mm -hmm. and so uh, both both are are kind of reconstructing and, and working on uh, branding and websites. So the best way for someone to reach me, you know, outside of social media, would just be like say, give me a call at three two one. 258-2038 and it's 321-258-2038 uh, like I say even if you know someone is already working with a, a realtor or a loan originator uh, you know I, I get a joy out of just being able to help people through the process and concerns um, and just educate someone um, you know I'd be happy to do so and I co-sign on Mr. Coleman been knowing him for years Anybody on the chat house, trust me, I'll vouch for him. Well, Mr. Coleman, that. Mr. Coleman, we appreciate your time and your info. And until next time, my young friend, see you at the chat house.